Hey everyone, and welcome to the Indigo Rose Wellness Podcast. Um, today I'm here with special guest, Mark Simple. Simple, am I saying it right? Yeah, perfect. And I met him at a healing expo recently, and um, I was just really drawn to this corner of the um, expo with him and his wife. They both had separate booths. I didn't even know they were together, but I was really drawn to both of the energies over there. And um, really excited to bring him on today as this podcast is all about transformation. He does human design, and then he also looks into conscious relationship aspects and kind of ties it together. And um, I did a reading with him and was just so enlightened by the information. And we talked about my relationship and this and that. So I was really, really excited to have him as the guest today. And um, love to hear you share more about your background and kind of how you got to doing this work, how you tied it all together. Uh, absolutely. Well, first off, uh, thank you for inviting me. It was absolutely an honor to meet you at the event and to share energy and insights with you. And I've actually been on this path since the early 2000s. Um, in my previous marriage, I was um, a happy-go-lucky IT guy, you know, doing my work, minding my own business. I didn't know anything about energy, coaching, etc. And uh, my wife at the time got into direct selling. And there's a lot of personal improvement that goes along with that. Uh, because I enjoyed spending time with my wife, I got involved. And you know, started attending the events, attending the training, going to some of her um, expos with her and so on. And it really lit my jets. And I really, really started learning in a big way. And I mean, as I got more passionate about showing up and supporting her in her business and what she was striving for, I came to realize that many of the women who were doing the businesses did not have supportive partners. And many of them said that theirs were indifferent or sometimes blatantly negative. And that really, really intrigued me. You know, your partner, your significant other is the most important person in your life. So why would a guy not be interested in what she is trying to accomplish? Right. And, you know, you don't have to understand something to respect it. You know, so it's not like, you know, I have to know everything about Mary Kay and cosmetics to be able to be supportive and be helpful and be interested in the end game. And so that really kind of like sparked my curiosity. And I started uh, writing on the topic and blogging. And I got noticed by uh, a national direct selling organization that primarily was for women. And they started bringing me in as a blogger and a speaker. And um, shortly afterwards, I discovered the wonderful world of coaching, which felt like the ideal modality for me to be able to help support people in making a difference in their lives and their businesses and their relationships. Awesome. Yeah. And so how did you tie in human design? Well, human design actually came along uh, quite a bit later on. So yeah. it was around 2014 when I was actually doing uh, an energy healing course called uh, Ripple Magic. And part of the curriculum was to have your own human design reading done. 
And I had mine done. And when I saw the profile and I learned the specifics about how I manage energy, how energy affects me, what I'm susceptible to, how I best show up in the world, it really completely blew my mind and totally shifted the approach that I do certain things. And this energetic awareness of what affects me and how I best show up really made such a huge transformation in you know, my own personal journey and you know, my business. My, I can't really say my relationship at the time because uh, I wasn't really in a meaningful one at the time. But um, I met my current wife shortly afterwards and I'm convinced that because of these energetic shifts and transformations and my being open to evolve basically allowed me to meet this absolutely phenomenal woman who I cherish more than anything and who I just absolutely love being around. Yeah, yeah, she is a gem. She has a um, personality of a gem. We could, I could pick that up. And she mentioned to me, I'm so supported by him, you know, like, it's beyond my wildest dreams, like the kind of support that I have in this relationship. And that's such a beautiful thing to hear. And it's rare, rare to hear that. So I just loved how you, um, you know, did the human design reading and pulled the different things together. And your business is human design and relationship coaching, or do you usually tie it together? Uh, it's all tied together. My business is officially titled Rekindling Intimacy. And the premise is that I'm passionate about supporting folks who have been together for a while where they feel like you know, the passion and the connection has somewhat diminished from when they got together, who want to, I don't want to say bring it back because we're not about going backwards, but who want to move forward and co-create a fulfilling coexistence that's meaningful for both of them. Right. And, and there's a lot of different aspects in that. You know, there could be some trauma, some upset, some old wounds, some you know harsh feelings, and um, everything is energy. So helping people clear the junk, align themselves with the good, understand themselves, understand each other, and just simply learn how to journey more smoothly and more effectively together, ultimately helps them to have a more meaningful connection. Right. And, and the intimacy part, I mean, intimacy is a broad spectrum. I mean, obviously there is the physical, which is a wonderful part of a relationship, but then it's also communication, connection, sharing. Because, you know, if you can't really have a, a heartfelt conversation with a person, are you really interested in sharing your body with them? Right. Probably not. Right. Usually not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's very interesting. What kind of intimacy issue or what kind of issues do you see coming up regularly? Like you can almost pinpoint you, you got, if, if a couple comes to you, they probably might have this problem. Yeah, primarily it's, um, it's complacency and indifference. It's like, they've really just settled into this mode where they're just going through the motions. They have basically gone from being lovers to being like roommates right you know they just their lives are on autopilot it's like groundhog day you know every single day is predictable you know you know what's going to happen you know who's going to say what and do what you know when lunches and coffee there's no excitement there's no spontaneity and 
you know there's just a lot of the mundane things right and not that that's necessarily a bad thing but there needs to be a, a little bit of excitement a little bit of mystery you know a little bit of spontaneity in the mix just to help kind of keep things vibrant and not get locked into this life-sucking mundane routine where you feel like you're sitting next to or waking up next to a stranger right and how can you how can a couple keep that alive when they're basically living in groundhog's day every day waking up same things just like you said like is it a mindset thing or is it just taking different actions everything really begins with your mindset until you realize that something needs to be changed, then chances are nothing is really going to change. You know, when you wake up to the fact that you're not quite where you want to be, then it allows you the opportunity to first off, get some clarity. Like, you know, if you were traveling and you were lost, then it's helpful to know where you're trying to get to right. in order to get directions or, you know, punch it into the GPS, et cetera. Well, that awareness is really the first thing, coupled with the commitment to being able to do something about it. And the first opportunity is within you. It's a look at what you might be doing. How are you contributing to the problem? Okay, right. which is the hardest thing for most of us to do. So always so easy just to look at the other person and right. blame them for not doing this or doing that or whatever. But you know, none of us are mind readers. You know, maybe the guy sitting next to you on the couch thinks that you like watching Netflix for six hours a night. But, right. you know, if he doesn't know that you're sitting there hopeless, you know, hoping that he's going to turn the TV off, rip your clothes off and make love to you like when you first dated. He, if he doesn't know this, the chances are he's not going to get the vibe and you're going to be disappointed again. Right. And do you ever run into this situation where the woman tries to communicate but it's like talking head and like brick wall and you're helping him break through that kind of dynamic because it seems really common to me. It is actually very, very common. Uh, a lot of times the other person is really not interested in really hearing what they're saying. Right. You know, they may be in the same room, they may be looking at them, they may be hearing the words that are being said but they're not really understanding them. They're not absorbing them. They're not feeling the emotion and really recognizing what she is trying to say right. and then responding in a meaningful way. Right. It may just be like, you know, the, yeah, the uh-huh, 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 are we done? So, so what, what does she do then? Like, you know, it's normally a, a man and woman that kind of go into that particular dynamic. It's like, the woman has way more capacity for words. The man, <laughs> like she's always saying the same thing, you know. Like, how does somebody navigate? Is that like one of the first things to navigate through in couples therapy? You have to be aware of each other's styles. Like men in general tend to process. Yeah, you know, they tend to withdraw and go into the cave and rum, uh, ruminate things around. Women tend to be a little bit more outspoken and emotional and passionate, and they'll want to hash it all out right, right then and there. But chances are, if, if she's going on for like 25 minutes straight, and then she's giving him a laundry list of 
every crappy thing he's done since 2009, that he's going to be overwhelmed for one thing. He's going to be like completely saturated. I mean, he probably doesn't remember what clothes he wore last week, let alone, you know, what happened at three o'clock on Thursday the 13th, you know, 10 years ago. And so his emotional response to that is probably to clam up or even get annoyed and push back, which obviously is going to raise the energy and then it ends up becoming like a shouting match and things get to a point where it's not really going to support either one of you. Mm -hmm. So watching your energy and watching your languaging is very, very powerful. And if you need to discuss something, be aware of how much of the past that you actually do bring up especially at one time. And you know, if you really don't get to talk very often, finally, you know, the doors open, chances are you're going to take advantage of it and then unleash the 310 things that you've got running around in your mind. That this poor guy, you know, he's just been like, you know, totally deluged. You know, one or two things would send him to the cave to go process it. And he's like completely super saturated, doesn't know which way is up. Right. And, when he wants to respond in a meaningful way, but if she is like upset and she is in what feels to him like attack mode, chances are he will go into defense. You know, he'll shut down. I, yeah, I love to communicate with my wife, but I do not like to argue because I don't think arguing really accomplishes anything. So I do strive to manage my energy and you know, I do not want to raise my voice to my wife. You know, right. She is the most important person in the world. So you know, I want to hear her, I want to understand. Sometimes they may just acknowledge because I don't have a clear answer. And so I think understanding each other's communication styles yeah. is important. Like you know, if you want a detailed deposition from your partner on whatever it is that you're upset about, <laughs> you might not get that real time. Right. If he says, you know, you know that he needs to think about things, then pushing him to talk when he's not ready is going to have a negative effect. Right. Uh, So, but if you're upset, you are upset. Right. And you know, if a man is more in tune with himself and enlightened, then he's better able to understand that her energy is not really directed to him. It's what she's feeling about the event. Right. So if you can raise above your initial reflex action to fight back and hold this space, it'll be like love and understanding and compassion, then you have a better chance of helping to manage the energy and help at least bring things down a notch or two so you can respond in a meaningful way. Right. But this takes some work you know, for both people. And that's really the essence of what we do. I mean. You're right. a, a skilled coach yourself, and you know that you know it's all about the individual. Right. What you do, how you show up, how you respond, and if you have a propensity to light up like the Fourth of July over the slightest little thing, you might want to look into dealing with that because you know that's not about the other person. You know that's you having twenty-three different triggers wired up to ten thousand tons of TNT. Right. Yeah, I want to share with you an interesting story that happened today. I was at my boyfriend's house after a long day, his other house, he lives with me, but um, a house that we're redoing. And I got locked in the bathroom. And 
he um, has my son come try to let me out of the bathroom. And I'm like, my son doesn't know what he's doing. Where's my boyfriend? What's he doing? You know? And I'm, I'm starting to panic because now it's like five minutes and locked in there. And I hear my boyfriend laughing about something in a distant part of his place. And I'm like, starting to get really angry. I'm like, it's like rising pretty quick, you know? And I'm like, oh, this was an important day for him. I don't want to bring all this energy, but I feel it. Like the more I hear him laughing and me stuck in the bathroom, I'm like, oh man, this is going to take a lot of like, you know, inner resolution. So finally I tell my son, go get him and tell him this isn't working. And I'm trying to be calm and inside I'm like so upset. So we get in the car to come back to my home in Virginia. And um, I'm like, I, I don't even feel like you cared about me at all. You know, and that was like my first response. I'm like, I'm not even important to you. I'm just locked in the bathroom and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, that wasn't my intention, this and that. And I, if I didn't catch myself, I would have kept going on and on. And I would have went into this whole bag of stories that I added him to where he doesn't make me important. I would have pulled the whole bag out, you know? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not pulling that bag out today. I'm keeping the bag where it's at. I'm still trying to clear it out. And I just sat with those feelings of frustration. I said one line and then sat with it. And it took 30 minutes to kind of get to the other side of those feelings. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that I'm not important trigger. I'm important. I can let that go. You know, I still had some frustration because of like the panic of being stuck in there. But I realized by me saying that one sentence to him, rather than me running off at the mouth for 15 minutes, later that night, he was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel that way. You know, I was laughing because of something else. And I thought that your son had it. I thought I did a good job by delegating. And, um, it was like totally different experience than what I would have gotten if I would have kept talking about the baggage of I'm not important things, you know? So I think that that's such a good, um, I, I was like happy that I could see the transformation that quickly. And I'm like, oh, just kind of like holding your tongue offers so much more power and momentum for things to go in a positive direction sometimes, you know? Uh absolutely does and i would like to qualify too that the things that you feel are valid and yeah. if they are affecting you on a deep way then they do need excuse <clears throat> <to> me <clears throat> they need to be brought up and addressed right but unloading it when yeah. you are upset right is not really the best strategy to no. do that yeah and I, it takes a while to learn this that's the funny <clears throat> thing like I've been reading relationship books for 20 some years, but yet up until maybe a year or two ago, I was still kind of doing the same thing. Like, I'm upset, you're gonna hear about it. You know, and a lot of women do that unintentionally and they wanna be heard and this and that, but I'm just getting to the place where like, by saying two or three sentences to a man in a calm state, you're gonna get so much further and you're gonna feel so much better about how he's responding to you that it's so eye-opening I, I want everyone to know about this you know <laughs> very powerful but something else to think about is that same passion that comes out 
when you're upset. Yeah. It's the same passion that he may absolutely love in you when you're actually being close or being intimate. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> be careful trying to tame that passion. Right. Uh, as a man, you don't want to tell your woman, you know, hey, stop being like this because you're going to turn off the very thing that you actually love about her. Right. Gosh, I see. That's a good point. So um, back to all of your work. Um, how does your, um, how do you usually work with couples? Like, what does the process look like? Well, it's always comes down to individual work first. Okay, typically when there's an issue in the relationship, one person would reach out. <clears throat> and it's normally uh, the woman. You know, men, you know, they tend to try and fix things themselves, or a lot of times they don't really acknowledge that there is an issue. So consequently, they'll just trust that it's going to get better over time. Right. So, you know, when they actually do initially approach me, the first thing I would want to do is check in with them individually, see where their energies are at, potentially see if there is any energy that we need to resolve or clear get out of the space like is there any um any resentment any fear any anger or uh any energy that they're holding that's really not theirs right because you know <clears throat> if you're very sensitive to energy and you've been around somebody that is very angry and is very passionate about unloading all the time you could have absorbed that right okay and so you're feeling funky but it's not your stuff Right. So it's very, very important for us to do a cord cutting to cut any of the energetic cords that are feeding that to you. Oh. And once the, the cord has been cut, then we can actually do some clearing to dissolve and eliminate that energy from your space and your field. So that way, when you actually do come together to do the work, you might still have the trigger, but you don't have the explosive that's going to get ignited from it. Right. But Interesting. I'd love and to hear more about cord cutting, like how that all works. We have energetic cords that connect us to mainly people, but it can also be to like environments or things like that. But in the space of people, it can be loved ones, it can be coworkers, but when there is some kind of a connection, it's either from you, from them, or it's bi-directional and these cords are basically a connection to some kind of a negative energy body that's really not serving you in any particular way you can have it to your children you can have it to your parents you know you can have it to your intimate partner and when these cords are in place it's keeping you connected to a source of energy that doesn't serve you and it doesn't empower you and by doing a cord cutting it's basically, it's an intuitive guided visual process where you get to visualize these cords. And basically, where are they from? Are they from them to you, you to them or both? Uh, where do they connect? And like, are they from their, from their throat to your heart or are they all over the place? What sure. do they look like? Um, sometimes you might visualize it as, um, you know, like a red silk ribbon. Sometimes you may look at it like barbed wire or rope or something like that. And you know, the thickness of the cord can also symbolize the kind of energetic connection that there is, like how strong it is, how powerful it is, et cetera. 
but regardless of the type of cord, the thickness of it, who it's from or to or where it's connected, the point is that they all get severed. Right. And once they get severed and you visualize that connected energy disappearing, you basically successfully remove that connection from your body. Okay. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing about cord cutting is it only cuts out the negative. Nice. So this is why you can do a cord cutting on your partner and you'll get rid of all of the toxic stuff but you won't impact the good stuff. Nice. You know, the loving and, uh, you know, the intimate and, you know, the emotional connections that you cherish. Right, right. Okay. So and once that's severed, once the feed has been removed, then we do some checking in with some of the energetic tools that I use to determine whether there is any residual energy that you have absorbed from this that we need to get rid of. Right. So then we do the clearing, you know, we resolve that. And energy work is like coaching. There's layers, it's like peeling an onion. Okay, so we'll get rid of one layer and then something else may manifest. And then we'll resolve that, we'll, manage, we'll resolve that and, and so on. So it's an iterative process, but the point is that you are clearing the junk out of the way. So this may be the stuff that causes you to react rapidly and angrily. Right. And it allows you to just to show up a little more clearly you may still get angry but it'll be more of a response to what's happening in the moment as opposed to the accumulated stress right. that you're holding from seven years of disagreements and not being able to articulate it right which means that they'll be able to respond to your emotion in the moment more effectively because it's going to be focused it's going to be something tangible that they can understand instead of them getting completely broadsided by stuff that they had no idea was even an issue. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you have a couple of questions about the cord cutting. So when you do that, um, you know, like sometimes with energy healing, you may do the healing and then some more stuff comes up, you know, that's similar to cord cutting. Like you cut off the source, but there's still stuff to deal with sometimes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So there's several different facets of it. Um, sometimes cords can reattach. Oh. You know, if you have like some ex that's really dogging you, you may do a cord cutting, but you know they may be re uh, reconnecting them, and so you need to be simply be aware of it and perhaps do a couple of rounds of it before it finally stops happening. Right. So. But uh, so the cord cutting is just one way to sever the connections that are helping to bring negative energy into your space. But then the energies that you may have absorbed through that or through various you know, other avenues are still within you yeah. somewhere in your field. So then the, the clearing techniques then will really zero in on those and help to move them out of the way. Right. So, uh, is there any junk energy that's not yours? Yeah. Uh, do you have any resentments, fears? limiting beliefs and there's several tools uh, one main one that i use that helps to determine if there's a certain kind of an energy and when you pick up on it you validate it then you can do a specific clearing of that you know i.e um say i'm working with a, a woman and the first she got a lot of fear around what's going to happen in a relationship then we can actively clear the fear and resolve that and remove it or at least at minimum diminish it you know right. fear is a very very powerful thing right. and we can at least bring it down a few notches so it's not overpowering 
Right. Okay, so that way she won't be <laughs> reacting adversely to it. And then she can stay more in her logical mind to then start taking the positive steps to help mitigate it so she doesn't have to feel that anymore. Right, right. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm very energy sensitive, very empathetic. And I do like professional psychic work. The more work I do like that, sometimes I feel people's negative energy. Even my partner, if he's in a, a mood or whatever, and I, he's talking to me, I almost feel like there's like hooks pulling at my stomach sometimes. And I'll like put my hands there or I'll turn away so there's not a direct line. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about cord cutting. I kind of just do it intuitively, but I'll just imagine pulling the cords out or just disconnecting it. I don't have a professional, you know, way to do it, but that little bit even makes a big difference. I'd be so interested to see what um, a full cord cutting of things like that would do. I think that sounds amazing to kind of give you like a fresh start. Oh, absolutely. And um, even after you do the cord cuttings and the clearing, like you said, you're still going to be exposed, especially if it's a close intimate partner and right. they can help like, you know, replenish all of this negative energy very, very quickly. Right. Unless you're aware, as you obviously are. And you know, the more open you strive to be energetically, the less things are going to stick on you or in you. Mm, okay. right? They're very powerful to be aware of. And another technique that we can actually utilize is um, to visualize like our heart energy, you know, as we breathe in and we bring in this uh, divine white light love energy like through our crown, you visualize it accumulating in your heart. And as it, it grows and it expands, you visualize yourself pushing it out. So you have like a bubble of this pure love energy around you. So then anything that comes into it is going to get filtered by that bubble before it actually reaches you. Right. I love that. It's a great tip. Um, as we're getting closer to the end of the interview, um, you know, like how long do clients usually work with you for before they kind of get past that wall and they're like, oh, we see something different happening here. We're feeling, you know, we're feeling better with each other. You know, typically I like to work with people for about a three month basis to start out because as you know, personal transformation does take some time. You know, yeah. it does take some effort. And then when you actually do actually start working on the stuff together, then that can also take a little back and forth, a little bit of trial and error as well. So you know, I would think that um, three or four sessions individually each, and then you know, the third month would be like three or four sessions together. But the nice part is that you can like shake it up if you don't feel like, or if I don't feel that they need so much individual work, then we can go ahead and step into you know, what their actual opportunity is to support them in getting to where they want to get to. Right. But, but the more willing they are, the more open they are, then the more rapid the work would actually progress. Nice. Because, you know, if one's fired up and the other one right. is like, you know, really not into this stuff, right. then it's going to be a little more arduous to help shift their awareness. Because right. you don't want either partner to be showing up just because the other one wants it. You want them to be showing up because they're vested and they're committed and they want to help move forwards. Right. to you know, create the relationship and, and a lot of times uh, the men in particular they're not even aware that there's a problem you know let alone that they're a big part of it right. so they'll be there because she won't let him off the hook if he doesn't go but 
but he's not really a willing participant. He's just going through the motion. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he's got to have some skin in the game. You know, he has to be invested and that's why, you know, he has to pay the fees. Right. Otherwise, you know, he's just going to be there kicking tires. Right. Now I offer retreats as well. And my first one should be later on in the year. And I can only have willing participants. Because, you know, if I get either partner who's there against their free will, it can totally destroy the energy of the retreat. And that can't be allowed. Just like, no, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Cheap problem. (laughs) Yep. Yep. To be there with me with no telephones, no TVs. Right. Torture. (laughs) <laughs> well could be but then again if you're there with your love of your life it could be paradise well exactly yeah and so if the guy's resistant you have to kind of do some work on him to get him open up a little bit you know absolutely yeah uh, you, you got to get into what he wants to you know because uh i mean he's got a part of it he might not be able to have communicated it effectively right so again part of what i do is to help broker that communication because uh, he may feel like he's had six years of being misunderstood and he's given up trying. Right. So, and we have to help him shift that energy and then maybe look at how he can reframe what he says or how he says it, or more importantly, when he says things. Right. And then she can kind of be aware of this as well right. and make sure that she allows him the space to communicate as best he can in his modality. Right. Yeah, I was just reading that in a um, book, Hold Me Tight. I don't know if you ever read that one. um, It's like the guys feel criticized so easily and women don't even realize they're coming across as criticizing. Like I, even I think I'm like, I'm communicating authentically and from my heart and all this stuff. He hears, she's criticizing me and telling me everything I've done is wrong, you know? And it's so interesting to me, the difference, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you know, coming across then like his, uh, his mother and you know, not like his lover. Right. And nobody likes to be told what to do. You know, you right. tell somebody, you know, hey, you know, don't wear that shirt or, you know, you're going to you know, wear your hair like that or something. You know, if the guy is like 30, 40, 50 years old, he can dress himself. Right, uh, right. So as soon as he hears mom <laughs> start shutting down, you know, and he's like, oh, nothing I do is right anyway. I, I'm just kind of going to numb out and not deal with her because I'm not going to do it right anyway, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, and those are the kind of um, base responses that, you know, we become conditioned to and we have to decondition those, but right. it, people need to feel safe in order to be able to do it. Right. Because you know, if every time they've reached out before to share their heart and they got like, you know, energetically kicked between the legs and chances are they're not going to open up. So right. in order to get them to want to, they are going to have to feel safe to be able to do it. And that's a process too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I got to say too, that, um, you know, I am a coach. I am not a counselor. So uh-huh. I do have some hard boundaries. You know, right. If something comes up that is outside my realm as a coach, I have to stop. You know, if there's trauma or anything that feels like it needs more therapy than coaching, I have to refer them. So yeah. you know, I will not go where I don't feel qualified to help. 
Gotcha. I see. Great. Well, um, what uh, last words could you share for couples to kind of get into a better state um, before they come work with someone like yourself or even on their own, you know, if they're not ready for this next step, like some lasting little tips? First and foremost is take care of yourself in the highest possible way. Look out for yourself, your energy, make sure that you're living a life that is passionate for you, that you're doing things that light you up and excite you. You know, if you don't have any passion outside the bedroom, it's hard to imagine having it inside the bedroom. Right. And do whatever you feel honors your heart, body, soul, mind, and spirit. So you're able to show up as the best possible version of you. Right. Or whatever it is in your life and, and your relationship. I love that. Because it's like, you can't even give love if your tank's empty. You're Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, this was a beautiful, enlightening interview. And um, underneath of this, I'll have your website and where anyone can reach you. Um, I definitely think for relationship kind of work like this, at least a three-month to six-month container to really get to the other side and have a whole new relationship. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, my coaching clients could identify with this. And then also uh, anyone that's listening from my bridal agency that's getting ready to get married. A lot of my clients have been with their partners for five to 10 years already. So um, would highly recommend these kind of services to get a positive, healthy jump start for your new life. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor to have you on today. Thank you, Callie. It's an honor to be in your circle. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye, Bye. now.